right, glad you're with us on this Friday, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm kind of laughing. Linda, did you see this? 538, Nate Silver. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Two election cycles in a row, although he's telling anybody that says that they can go beepity, beepity, beep, can't say it on the air. Anyway, even if uh, he says if Joe Biden, oh, I can't even I can't even utter the thought at this point. Nor should you. Nor I won't. You. I won't. By the way, he says Republicans are positioned to take the House in 2022. Now, why would anybody after these two years take anything that a lot of these pollsters have to say seriously? I mean, Frank Luntz had said, well, they're going to be out of business if they get this one wrong. Well, they all ended up getting it wrong again. Well, then he would have been out of business because he got it wrong in 2016. He got it wrong twice. Wrong. Absolutely, positively wrong. Uh, Have you been reading Obama's comments? We're going to get to that today as well. We got a lot of news we got to get to. Oh, and my buddy Jim Gray is on today, broadcaster. Can you imagine the career this guy's had? He's he was friends with new um, interviewed all these Muhammad Ali, Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, uh, Michael Phelps. An interview, I think Tiger was, he said nine when I talked to him last, nine years old when he gave his first interview with Tiger and had played golf and like saw the most uh, amazing golfer at nine that he'd ever seen in his life. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, we'll keep you in the loop on that. Just to give you updates on some states, we're going to do a deeper dive. We've got video now that has been obtained uh, by a station in North Carolina that shows the husband of a candidate for a local office. It's called Anson County, repeatedly escorting voters to cast their ballot. Apparently others were doing it as well. And it was captured by security cameras both outside and inside the Anson County Board of Elections building. Linda, did you see this report? Did oh you my God. see this thing? First of all, first of all, when you watch it, the 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 scary part is that they go to the husband and wife, you know, the, the other candidate, and they say to them, Listen, are you willing to listen. talk about this? Do they say it like that? Do they go, listen? Just like that. You know, just like that. So, you know, they go up and they and they give them the opportunity to be truthful. Like, oh, you're you're running for, you know, to be an elected official, an elected official and, you know, lead the people. So clearly you believe in, in truth and fairness. Oh, absolutely not. Nope. We never did that. Uh, uh-uh. So then they tell them, you know, we have video. We have video of you doing it, literally taking people's ballots and filling them out while the person that is supposed to be the voter is standing there with their hands in their pockets. And they're like, oh, no, Mm-mm. no, 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 we didn't do that. After they told them they had the video. Unbelievable. And yet today, Bishop and goes then, by the way, the then they went out and they, they started smashing Congressman Dan Bishop. This, you know, oh. saying fake news, he's a liar. Well, listen. It, well, now you know, he's got videotape. Sean, they're calling for unity. So I'm sure that apology is on yeah, the way I any know. second unity. now. Four, we've any had second. four great years of unity, haven't I we? I love it. Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, by the way, just to update people, Arizona GOP is demanding a hand recount in precinct by precinct. So we're watching that. The largest hand retally of ballots in U.S. history is now getting underway in all 159 counties in Georgia. 
Hey, Sean, we, can I jump in on that for a second, though? Well, why don't you just take over the show? I'll just take no, no, Friday just off. Like Go a, ahead. Just like a second. You know, <laughs> We're all tired, saying. I know. Listen, you're tired. You could, you could take a break. I'll help you out. I'm telling you right now, if you look at the video of what's happening in Georgia, this is not a fair recount. The observers are behind the yellow tape line. They can't see anything. There are G, The GOP chair chairman down there has released video from inside where they're doing the recount. They can't see anything. Anything. I only saw it on Twitter. I've not been able to confirm that. Have you been able? Have you talked? To I have. People That's that said the GOP it? chairman. He put it out no. himself. He's got an observer, sent it over to the GOP party over there of Georgia, and said, "This is what's happening right now. We can't see anything." True. The vote. Uh, this is Catherine Engelbrook's group, they, and they've done a lot of good work over the years. By the way, they've been warning about all this for a long time. Uh, they filed a lawsuit in Georgia to investigate voter rolls, determine the number of actual illegal votes. Uh, you know, if we don't get to the point where we get this right, well, you know, I think Lindsey Graham was right from the beginning. We'll never have a Republican president ever again. I don't I just I just believe that. And I'm, I'm not. a pe- Well, no, I guess Linda would probably say I am more pessimistic by nature than she is. But. Um, I just, you know, it's like, are we, are you going to fix it? Do you want to fix it? Do you care about voter integrity? Do you care about confidence in the vote? And, and how does this end when people don't have trust, faith and confidence in our, in our voting system? How do how do we ever have faith in that again? Um, it is, it's just unbelievable to me. You have a Michigan lawmakers requesting a full audit. They're going to check in with us. We'll get the update from what's going on, on the ground in Michigan today. Um, we have uh, the president, by the way, is going to give an update on Operation Warp Speed. And that is we'll get to Corona a little bit as well. Um, you know, look, there was a great piece. I think it was a Federalist American thing somewhere. I don't remember. I just anyway, they went through a list and I agreed with much of it where Democrats have been doing this, pushing this for a reason for a long time. You know, the whole motor voter registration, we haven't heard about that in a long time. Mass mail-in voting. I don't like the idea of voting before the, you know, there are plenty of events that can happen in the final 30 days of a campaign. You know, look at the 2000 race, the weekend before Election Day. News of a previously undisclosed DUI comes out. And by the way, apparently people were impacted by that news. Um, but, you know, we're extending out. Let's vote for two weeks. Let's vote for three weeks. Let's vote for four weeks. Let's vote for five weeks. And then let's extend out. We'll count the votes in perpetuity. How about we have, you know, a system that is simply designed where we don't have voting until the final presidential debate and maybe a week before. And if you're going to have mail-in voting, how about signature authentication authentication that is, is a standard, not like Georgia where you have two separate standards, one for people that vote day of and others that apply for a mail-in ballot and vote that way. How about the same standard of signature verification be in place for everybody you know i don't care if it's one dead person or or five thousand dead people we shouldn't have dead people signing up getting ballots and being able to vote in any election you know the idea if we're going to have laws that suggest that say in the statutory language that 
partisan observers get to watch the entire count the whole time. Well, they got to be able to do their job. Uh, And that was not happening. Banning ID requirements of polling places. Well, I mean, the greatest hypocrisy, the best example, I can't think of a better one. When you go to the DNC and their convention and you're you want to get in the building, you need a, a, a photo ID that they have approved ahead of time. And then you're still going through the, you know, process of, you know, you know, getting wanded, especially if you're with Linda and sweet baby James, because they both have on the back of their on their backs wand us and wand him because it always happens. You know, banning poll workers from comparing signatures, it's, it does not lend itself to anybody ever having faith and confidence in what the result is. Extend vote. Let's have, let's have voting for a week. Let's count votes for a month. Let's have extend voting for another five weeks. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. You know, and the pure dismissal of American citizens I find outright insulting. There are American citizens that know under the threat of perjury and possible charges that if they sign their name to an affidavit, that that's a legal document. And that if they lie in a legal document, when you have hundreds and hundreds of people talking about irregularities that they witnessed, why wouldn't we listen to the people or want to listen to the people? No, no, no. This is over. This is no sour grapes. Unfair. No, no, no. We can't do that. And I'm thinking... Those lectures are coming from the same people that never accepted the results of the 2016 election. And I've seen no reaction similar to what we heard and saw when the election results came in 2016. Anyway, so we have all of these battles that are still ongoing. And Pelosi is pushing to to flood ballot boxes with an election reform bill. Now, do you think she's going to try to fix any of the problems that really exist? No, they want more chaos. And that's what Jim Jordan was warning everybody in the September 23rd analysis of what Democrats had been planning for this upcoming presidential election. And I think we've been able to expose a a lot in terms of this is not good. Look at this Pennsylvania court decision that the secretary of state improperly changed the deadline two days before the election. What? where did she think she had the right to do that or just, you know, systemically not following laws that I didn't even know existed in all these states that partisan observers get to watch the vote count. Same thing. Um, anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Uh, oh my gosh. When I hear Biden talk, it is scary. When you read what his most ardent supporters are saying and what they are lobbying for. When you look at, at this God forbid potential cabinet that they're all talking about wanting to be a part of, I know they're measuring the drapes ahead of time. Let's count every legal vote first. It is, it's, I hate to say it. It's everything that I warned everybody about. It is a nightmare. And I mean, let's see. Uh, well, not ruling out another uh, nationwide lockdown, a mask mandate, signing the Paris Accord on day one. You know what that means, Pennsylvania? If the if the Paris Accord sign, you know it says in there that you're going to reduce your use of all fossil fuels. Whoopsie daisy. Guess Joe was lying. That wasn't hard to figure out. 
considering Hillary for U.N. ambassador? Then you got this battle within the the party. AOC still wants to defund the police. Bernie Sanders announcing he wants to be Joe Biden's labor secretary. Wow. Your instincts are there. Progressives outline big, bold agenda for Biden. Pelosi wouldn't even condemn socialism because she knows that her job is in deep jeopardy. And, you know, projected this win. It wasn't a win for her. I don't think she's going to make it as speaker one way or the other. Ocasio-Cortez lashing out at Joe Manchin um, for saying defund my butt. I'm talking about defunding the police. You know, then you got Elizabeth Warren saying that Biden should bypass Congress and implement the most progressive economic racial justice platform ever. Michael Moore says move now to eliminate the Electoral College. You know, I thought they were telling us a lot before the election. This is after. And you don't think those two Senate seats, the runoff January 5th in Georgia, mean something? Oh, they mean something. All right, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. The race is beginning, believe it or not, to heat up down in the great state of Georgia. Um, now, this, remember, it's 50-48 Republicans. And if, if Joe Biden ever becomes president and is sworn in January 20th, You need to understand how important those two seats would be. Senator Kelly Loeffler releasing two ads in a buy this week. Apparently her opponent, she's claiming is radical. His name is uh, Raphael uh, Warnock. uh, What did I say? Warnock. As a radical ahead of the state's two January runoffs, one of the ad calls him a radical's radical. She's claiming in the ad he supported Reverend Wright. Good grief. Uh, I know Reverend Wright, he said on MSDNC, I am not an anti-Semite. I'm never defended anti-Semitic comments for from anyone, and Kelly Loeffner knows better. What about GD America and America's chickens have come home to roost? What about that part? Anyone paying attention to that? Um, anyway, there is a huge fight within the democratic party now now this is pretty interesting to me you got the one of the co-founders of black lives matter the group requested a meeting with joe biden and kamala harris to discuss her expectations in the future in a letter to both of them uh she described the support of her group i guess as pivotal she's claiming victory we want something for our vote We are requesting a meeting with you. Okay. Now, there is the distinction. We've always made it between Black Lives Matter, the group, and people after the George Floyd incident, uh, tragic death that should never have happened, that said Black Lives Matter. Very big difference. Because the group said, you know, on tape chanting, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And, well... Joe and Kamala are going to meet with these radical groups. There's also huge anger. Progressive groups now conducting a postmortem of 2020. They're furious at all of the state house losses, furious at the Senate losses, furious at the Republican gains at the House. And now they're lashing out at Nancy Pelosi for showing off her flashy freezer full of designer ice cream on TV and saying that was an unforced error. That this is the beginning of perhaps the end of Nancy Pelosi as speaker. They're going to kick her out. <laughs> 
All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. My Cracker Jack staff here, um, I just mentioned to you that this race January 5th down in Georgia with these two Senate seats in this runoff. Um, Anyway, Kelly Loeffner ran an ad against her opponent, Raphael Warnock. And, uh, you know, as a supporter of the ever-articulate Friend of Barack Obama, we have a lot to say about today. And, you know, here's what he had to say to our, uh, Greta Van Susteren, our, our friend and former colleague, uh, on her show. Do you embrace uh, Re- the Reverend Wright? And let me focus on the, the sound bites, for lack of better words, but certainly he has said things like GD America. Um, and the things that he said, you know, the critical things, even of Senator Clinton never having to grow up and, you know, just a personal attack on her. Do you embrace that? Is that something you would do, sir, in your church? We celebrate uh, Reverend Wright in the same way that we celebrate the truth-telling tradition of the black church, which uh, when preachers tell the truth, very often it makes people uncomfortable. And I think that the country has been done a disservice by this constant playing over and over again of the same sound bites outside of context. Same sound bites. This is the Sunday after 9-11-2001 when we lost 3,000 of our fellow Americans and the worst attack on American soil, terrorist attack in history. Just a reminder. White America, U.S. of KKKA, America's chickens. Coming home to roost. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God America. God America. GD America, KKK, USA, and America's chickens have come home to roost. Barack Obama spent 20 years or plus in the pews of Reverend Jeremiah Wright. It even said black liberation theology, which is radical socialism at its heart, uh, inspired him. Now Obama's got a... Uh, who writes an 800-plus page book about themselves? Good grief. Anyway, saying that he believes that his historic election in 2008 opened a wave of bitter and divisive turmoil that fueled Republicans' obstructionism and ultimately changed the party. This is what he's, this is what he's saying now. Now, remember... There is a record of Biden-Obama, 13 million more Americans food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, worst recovery since the 40s, lowest homeownership rate in 51 years, and taking on more debt than every administration before them combined. That's their economic record after eight years. Then he says, it was if my very, quote, it's if my very presence in the White House had triggered a deep-seated panic a sense that the natural order had been disrupted, which is exactly what Donald Trump understood when he started peddling assertions that I had not been born in the U.S. and was thus an illegitimate president. For millions of Americans, spooked by a black man, he writes, in the White House, he promised an elixir for their racial anxiety. What is he saying there about millions of Americans? Then he goes on. Why is he attacking Governor Palin? But he is. 
It seemed as if the dark spirits that had long been lurking on the edges of the modern Republican Party, xenophobia, anti-intellectualism, paranoid conspiracy theories. By the way, this is coming from the party of conspiracy theories. Uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Meetings in his Oval Office at the time. January 5th, in case he forgets the date, 2017. And then, of course, the CYA memo to self. He said to do everything by the book. Then the shock that Sally Yates knew that Obama knew everything about every detail of the call with uh, General Flynn and his soon-to-be Russian counterpart, Kislyak. Anyway, xenophobia, any intellectualism, paranoid conspiracy theories, and antipathy toward black and brown folks were winding their way to center stage. If you look at Barack Obama's presidency, Look how many Americans, you know, believed in him, you know, hope and change. Look, I always thought that he was rooted in, you know, a background of radicalism and acorn. And I still don't know what a community organizer is. And the Church of Reverend Wright, they hid for eight years the picture of him in Farrakhan. Now they bragged about it after he left office. Then, of course, the Weather Underground, where he started his political career in the home of Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. Then he casts his presidency as compromised of hard choices, something made more difficult by internal disputes, mismanagement by the previous administration and obstructionism by Republicans, which he suggested was rooted in an attempt to appeal to the anxieties about the first black president. And he admitted some shortcomings of his own calling his failure to pass immigration reforms a bitter pill to swallow. Well, remember, he did things that he had said numerous times himself that he wasn't able to do by executive fiat. He did them anyway. He said, as far as I was concerned, the 2010 election didn't prove our agenda had been wrong. It just proved that I'd failed to rally the nation, as FDR had once done. Now, that wasn't it. Nobody liked your plan, and everything you promised never came true. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And on average, every American's paying 200% more. It's just not accurate. He writes, he wonders sometimes about whether John McCain would still have picked Palin if he had known her spectacular rise and her validation as a candidate would provide a template for future politicians, shifting his party center and the country's politics overall in the direction that he abhorred. You know, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, Republicans, when they run, they get destroyed. What wasn't said about John McCain in 2008? What, you know, and the people that supported him, you know, you conservatives, Hannity, you got to suck it up. It's the, 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 the better choice here, the lesser of two evils. We're divided. Nobody, no Republican can win. And conservatives suck it up with you know, rhino Republicans or establishment Republicans. Look at what they did to Mitt Romney. It's what I find. It's sort of like, you know, political Stockholm syndrome, if you will. Thinking that these people are, they're going to like you whenever you trash Donald Trump. But they said the same things about you. And they seem to always forget it. Um, I don't live in this bubble that I actually believe that you know, Democrats are anything other than what we saw the last four years. There was nothing but, you know, they never accepted the results of 2016. 
Not once. They still don't accept it. Look at what they did. And this is where, again, I don't want to be repetitive, but the, the great hypocrisy just reeks of just a, the massive double standard. You know, we care about Russian interference in elections, except we'll never say a word about Hillary's bought and paid for dirty Russian disinformation dossier. We won't say a word. We care about obstruction, but not about the email server scandal. We care about, you know, Russian interference in elections, but not the dirty dossier. Never verifiable, now debunked, used as as the bulk of information for four FISA warrants to ruin Carter Page's life and then spy on Donald Trump, the candidate, his transition, and then the presidency. Not a word. Not one Democrat. We care about foreign election interference, but then we ignored the Politico article from January 2017, DNC operative, going to the D.C. Ukrainian embassy to meet with officials to conspire, to use their words, to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and people in his campaign. That happened in 2016, at least according to Politico, not exactly conservative. Or the fact that, you know, we care about quid and pros and quos, but not Joe. Leveraging a billion for zero experience hunter. Son of a bee, they did it. They fired him. Or the billion five deal in China. Or the wire transfer to, from the, the first lady of Moscow. The, 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 you couldn't even get that information from our media. You couldn't even get it. You know, it's, uh, and I'm, I, there'll be nothing but fawning over Obama's book. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, you watch. He said he came to regard Trump's, you know, characteristically shameless as merely an exaggerated version of the Republican Party's attempts to appeal to white Americans' anxieties about the first black president. What is he saying about the country that elected him twice as president? I doubt he'll get asked that question. He writes, though, the, you know, he wonders sometimes about whether, you know, he, well, I'm sorry. He, say, he writes, I'd like to think that given the chance that John McCain might have chosen differently. Why has he got an axe to grind against Sarah Palin? If anything, the, I would argue the McCain campaign was timid. They didn't want to bring up Jeremiah Wright. They didn't want to vet Obama. The media certainly wasn't going to do it. And if you think that was a preview of coming attractions. Can we talk about Joe Biden's praise of the former Klansman? Will anybody in the media ask Obama when he's on his book tour about that? Or the fact that he he worked with the Klansman to stop integration in schools and busing because he didn't want his kids going to schools that were racial jungles or his comments about predators in cities uh, when he was pushing the crime bill that he took credit for his whole career. It says there wasn't much difference between Trump, Boehner, and McConnell. They too understood. Didn't matter matter whether they, what they said was true. Uh, okay, really? You know, you think about this, like, just stop and think for a minute. How do you quantify? How do you measure the media not ask, allowing Joe to hide in the basement the whole campaign 
and we never even get a satisfactory answer on packing the courts. We get a Biden-Bernie manifesto. He doesn't even know what's in it, is my guess. But he agreed to it. AOC, Beto Bozo, Elizabeth Warren, Bolshevik Bernie. Oh, my gosh. Here comes Hillary again. Um, McLaughlin and Associates have done a poll for the Media Research Center. 36% of Biden voters were not even aware of the Hunter Biden scandal. It either happened or it didn't. Was there a $3.5 million wire transfer with the Russian oligarch First Lady of Moscow or not? Is Joe on tape saying what he said about you're not getting a billion, you got six hours, fire the prosecutor? Is Hunter on tape saying he had no experience in energy, oil, gas, or Ukraine? What experience did he have that warranted a billion, then later a billion five, with the, the deal with the Bank of China after flying with his dad on Air Force Two? Can you imagine that? And then big tech decides you can't even read it and decide for yourself. I can't even put a, a monetary value on, on with, with all the reach of all these companies. And they won't even let people have simple, basic, fundamental access to knowledge. It's pretty unbelievable to me. Pretty unbelievable. But, you know, that's that. This is what, you know, I've been warning you about for a long time. Do I have the answer, the antidote? I don't yet, but I'll come up with it. You know, I said this last night on TV. You know, everyone in the media mob, be careful. They got their wish. President Trump in exile. And I don't think he's going to be quiet during Biden Biden's four years. You'll hear more from Donald Trump. The media will try and ignore it. You think you're going to see a lot of Joe Biden because they protected him and call. I call it the media mob, big tech candidate protection program. He didn't have to answer real questions. They, they allowed him to hide out. All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. The president expected to speak publicly on Operation Warp Speed and the push to get a uh, vaccine. I love Nancy Pelosi. Remember she had time for Jimmy Kimmel? Designer ice cream. By the way, they just called North Carolina for President Trump, but um, that just broke. Um. Pelosi calling our Republicans, stop the circus and get to work on COVID. Isn't that the same woman that held up the first COVID-19 relief bill because she wanted changes to immigration and, oh, voting laws. Unbelievable. Uh, 16 Republican governors now have spoken out uh, saying they would resist any Joe Biden mask mandate, according to Politico, uh, they say almost all of the 16 Republican governors oppose any mask mandate. They're ready to reject any Democratic plan, even as they impose new restrictions on businesses, limiting the size of public gatherings to keep the health systems from getting swamped. By the way, they're thinking about shutting New York down again. Unbelievable. In Wisconsin, this is pretty interesting. Washington Times, Wisconsin Supreme Court, they struck down the Governor Tony Evers coronavirus stay-at-home order on Wednesday, and they ruled that the administration there overstepped their authority when they extended it for another month without consulting the legislature. 
There's a 4-3 ruling essentially reopening the state, lifting caps on the size of gatherings, allowing people to travel as they please and allowing shuttered businesses to reopen. And that includes bars and, and restaurants. By the way, I did have a friend at a wedding and almost like everybody at this wedding. It just happened to be in the middle of a hot spot. And uh, which is so sad. I mean, it's I just know so many people, but there definitely is. And by the way, we called it. We told you it's not if, but when there will be, you know, a, a second wave, if you will, or hot spots and all of that. I mean, if you know, looking at what Pfizer did on Monday and all of the competition, you got to understand a lot of these pharmaceutical companies, they're in competition with each other. The idea that they're all competing to get the first coronavirus vaccine. Now, by the way, that has to be optional. I mean, really, we're going to what tie people down, have government agents come to your house. You're getting your coronavirus vaccine. No. And, and by the way, there are many of my friends that think I'm nuts because I get a flu shot every year. Linda thinks I'm nuts. You think I'm nuts, right? 100%. You've never gotten a flu shot? Never in my life. I get it every year. Why are you? It's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> why, sound, why am I getting way, a shot? The funny thing is, I've had this discussion with my, many of my close friends, and half of them agree with you. They all think I'm nuts. Well, it's like you're nuts. Shot, it's, you know? there, I know so there's, there's only like a 30 or 40% chance usually that it could be effective. I understand the odds. Well, yeah, because they're, they're guessing. They're basically infecting you with a bunch of stuff and hoping that one of them hits. It's ridiculous. I, I don't but understand. But I don't get the, well, the... What they try to do is anticipate based on you know certain... Certain countries show indicators what that flu virus might be that particular year in that particular strain. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's, there is an odds component to it. And or they, you could they, just eat really healthy and take good vitamins and, uh, you know. I take vitamins. I take good vitamins. I'm mm-hmm. vitamined out. Mm-hmm. Taking zinc that you, you keep mailing hey, me new zinc boxes is amazing of zinc. For you. It's amazing for you. How much are you supposed to take a day? 50 milligrams. Okay, that's the one you sent me. I, I take know. it. You're I'm welcome. A, I'm a good host. You'll take a little longer to get to the mausoleum Take now. a little You're longer. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Before I go uh, out into the woods first, of course. You know. Uh, <laughs> we got that uh, audio if you want to play it, by the way. By the way, I already got my flu shot this year. I got it like a month, two months ago. I don't remember. Are we talking past each other? Did you not hear me? Yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> so we have that audio. <laughs> Of Pelosi from back in the day, if you want to play it. Oh, let's play it. People must have every confidence that every vote legally cast will be legally counted and accurately counted. But constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. As elected officials, we have a solemn responsibility to improve our election system and its administration. We cannot be here again four years from now discussing the failings of the 2008 election. She's, I I hate to say this, I'll probably regret, I'll eat these words, but in that instance, she sounds just like Donald Trump. She sounds exactly like. To be uh, sensible when it works for you. It's called politics. This is what politicians do. I'll make it very simple. I'll make it very simple. The American, well, first America that, you know, can now come up with a vaccine. Here, what are we now? 11 months 
from the first identified case of corona in, in the United States. Okay, now we're going to have a vaccine available. By the end of the year, they were talking about 50 million doses being available by the end of this year. And, of course, you know, first responders, healthcare workers, the most vulnerable, those with pre-existing conditions, the elderly, for example, like maybe people in nursing homes. That might be a candidate. Um, still can't get over that. We're there with that. Anyway, CDC now has set up Thanksgiving guidelines. What am I going to do with this? What if it's freezing outside of New York, which some Thanksgivings it is? Sweet baby James. Remember, we did our our master-built butterball turkey fryer last year, and I was outside. I'd, I'd love that thing, by the way. One hour, 15-pound turkey. It is the juiciest, the best, the most delicious thing. Thanksgiving, if you don't get a butterball turkey fryer, I am telling you, you're making one of the biggest mistakes in your life. There's never been anything better. Uh, but the CDC is saying to make the day safer, in addition to the following steps everyone can take to make Thanksgiving safer, quote, bring your own food, drinks, plates, cups, and utensils. Avoid going in and out of areas where food is being prepared or handled, such as a kitchen. Huh? Okay, you got to be there to actually handle the food so you have actually something to eat. Use single-use uh, options like salad dressing, condiment packets, and disposable items. But By the way, we're going to pollute the environment because they're usually wrapped in plastic, aren't they? Have an outdoor, small outdoor meal with family and friends who live in your community. Clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces and items between use. Have guests bring their own food and drink. <laughs> Sounds like a great year this year. Oh, and no more than 10 people. Well, I guess the whole family is not coming. That's that's the end of that sucker. Um. Anyway, we're going to have to sit. We'll wait and see what happens with all of this. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, North Carolina, Bob, the, hey, they just finally called your state. Wow, amazing. Hey, How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Listen, I want to keep I was told to keep it very short. Uh, so here's what the deal is. I did 25 years in the United States military. I have four Purple Hearts. I defended this country all around the world, all around the world. I did three tours in Vietnam. By the way, thank you very much. Airborne. I'm a Green Beret. I fought this for this country, and I am watching this country being taken over by domestic enemies. We cannot. Um, look, well, we're all afraid for the future of the country. I am. I am just saying the stated agenda items, and I can go through. You know what the preview of coming attractions are, and they're not looking really good. I, you know, if if you look at all of this, and then you, you know, Warren Biden should bypass Congress, implement the most progressive economic and and racial justice platform, bypass Congress. Ocasio Cortez, you know, mad at Joe Manchin because he said I'm not defunding the police or supporting that. Um, then you've got your instincts are there. Progressives outline their big, bold agenda. Well, that's who Biden is going to be beholden to. Sanders wants to be labor secretary. Elizabeth Warren wants in. AOC still pushing defund the police. Hillary. I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's quite all right. Listen, Sean, I, I, I've been listening to you for probably 16, 17 years. 
Well, thank you. you. I'm honored. On, on, on Fox and, and now the Patriot Station. I can tell you that communism and socialism are not automatic. They creep in. It's like a, it's like a virus. They creep in. They get worse. And unless we stand up and we fight them, we're not going to have a free country any longer. Listen, what did I say before this election? I, I, I was not lying when I said I just felt compelled to, to point out to everybody everything that was on the line this, this election year, which is why I wrote Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink, because I believed it. You know, I have the chapter Socialism, a History of Failure. There's never been a single place where they've tried this and it has ever worked out well. Promises are not fulfilled. It's followed by poverty and misery. And then it becomes a matter of degree. How many and how much of your freedom is given up in the name of false security? That is a scary but very real scenario. That's what I tried to warn everybody about. People like you fought, bled, and died for freedom, for liberty, not guaranteed results, pursuit of happiness. Um, it's very, very different and distinctly different than what this this radical socialist, you know, you know, they're now they're now calling in. Hey, you know, Black Lives Matter leaders, and we we need a meeting with you, Joe Biden. I'm like, oh, okay. Why? They want the meeting because we got you elected. I mean, what does that mean? Um, but let's see what happens. Let's finish counting all the legal votes. That's my vote. All right, waiting. The president is going to be speaking about Operation Warp Speed. And we have the big news on FISA on Monday. In the meantime, let us hit our phones. And let's say hi to Kathy. Is in the great state of Ohio that did a great job for the country. Kathy, hi. How are you? And we are glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thank you for talking to me. Uh, my husband has been in the military. Oh, he Kathy, you're, gonna, you're about to hate me. The president is now stepping up to the podium. Uh, I, okay. apo- the I humbly apologize. More- Stay on the line, though. Okay? Stay right All there. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's beautiful out here this time of year. In the past nine months, my administration has initiated the single greatest mobilization in U.S. history, pioneering, developing, and manufacturing therapies and vaccines in record time, Uh, numbers like nobody's seen before. No medical breakthrough of this scope and magnitude has ever been achieved this rapidly, this quickly, and we're very proud of it and had tremendous help from the military, generals, admirals, and many of the great people at the White House. Operation Warp Speed is unequaled and unrivaled anywhere in the world, and leaders of other countries have called me to congratulate us on what we've been able to do, and we've helped many countries with their ventilators and all of the problems they were having, and I'd like to congratulate everyone involved in this effort. It's been an incredible effort. As a result of Operation Warp Speed, Pfizer announced on Monday that it's China virus vaccine is more than 90 percent effective. This far exceeds any and all expectations. Nobody thought they'd get to that level. And we have others coming which we think will be at equal level, maybe more if that's possible. In July, my administration reached an agreement with Pfizer to provide 
$1.95 billion to support the mass manufacturing and distribution of 100 million doses, with the option to purchase a total of 600 million doses shortly thereafter. Our investment will make it possible for the vaccine to be provided by Pfizer free of charge. Pfizer said it wasn't part of warp speed, but that turned out to be a unfortunate misrepresentation. They are part. That's why we gave them the $1.95 million billion dollars. And uh, it was an unfortunate mistake that they made when they said that. We will work to secure an emergency use authorization, which should be coming down extremely soon. And my administration will then coordinate the distribution of the vaccine. And uh, it will be approved. I think, again, it will be approved very, very quickly, we hope. The average development timeline for the vaccine, including clinical tests and manufacturing, can take 8 to 12 years. Through Operation Warp Speed, we're doing it in less than one year. Uh, if you had a different administration with different people, what we've done would have taken, in my opinion, three, four, five years, and it would have been in the FDA forever. This is five times faster than the fastest prior vaccine development in history. Five times faster. Say it again, five times faster. Nobody can believe it, actually. Three other vaccines are also in the final stages of trial. They'll arrive within a few weeks, and they will also be mass-produced, and the delivery will be very rapid. We're ready to go. The vaccine will be distributed to frontline workers, the elderly. We're and not going to miss a minute of this. We're going to record the rest. We've got to take this break, a hard break at the bottom of this uh, half hour for our stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network. We'll pick it up right there. You won't miss a word. Uh, more of the president's announcement, Operation Warp Speed. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Let's get right back where we left off. President Rose Garden speaking about the coronavirus vaccine and Operation Warp Speed. They will also be mass produced and the delivery will be very rapid. We're ready to go. The vaccine will be distributed to frontline workers, the elderly and high risk Americans immediately. It will be very uh, a matter of weeks get out very, very much ahead of schedule. Any schedule that I said we're going to be far ahead of that. We know that this virus primarily targets older populations and those with underlying health conditions, while over 99.98 percent of those under the age of 50 make a full and quick recovery. By giving the vaccine to high-risk individuals right away, we'll dramatically reduce hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, case levels are high, but a lot of the case levels are high because of the fact that uh, we have the best testing program anywhere in the world. We've developed the most and the best tests, and we test far more than any other country. So it shows, obviously, uh, more cases. By vaccinating the elderly and the high risk, we will effectively end this phase of the pandemic and allow seniors to reclaim their golden years, the golden years of their lives, which is so incredible. And it's about time that they can have those golden years. Again, this process is starting right away. Millions of doses will soon be going out the door. They're all ready, waiting for that final approval. As soon as April, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population, with the exception of places like New York State, where, for political reasons, the governor uh, decided to say, and you know, 
I don't think it's good politically. I think it's very bad from a health standpoint. But uh, he wants to take his time on the vaccine. He doesn't trust where the vaccine's coming from. These are coming from the greatest uh, companies anywhere in the world, greatest labs in the world. But he doesn't trust the fact that it's this White House, this administration. So we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that. This is a very successful, amazing vaccine at 90 percent and more. But uh, so the governor, Governor Cuomo, will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we, we, can't, we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. And I know many, I know the people of New York very well. I know they want it. So the governor will let us know when he's ready. He's had some very bad uh, editorials recently about this, this statement and what's happened with respect to nursing homes and his handling of nursing homes. And I hope he doesn't handle this as badly as he's handled the nursing homes. But we're ready to provide it as soon as they let us know that they'll actually use it. And again, it's a very safe and, and a great vaccine. Already we have among the lowest case fatality rates our country anywhere in the world, the entire world. And we've performed significantly better than our peer countries. As far as therapeutics are concerned, my administration's also made critical investments in therapies that have helped reduce the mortality rate by 85 percent. That's, to me, one of the most exciting things. It's incredible, some of the antibody vaccines and others that have come out and have really helped people. 85 percent. Last month, the FDA approved remdesivir, and we've secured enough remdesivir to treat 850,000 patients. My administration finalized an agreement with Eli Lilly to purchase the first doses of their antibody therapy, which shows amazing results. This treatment will be available completely free of cost to patients. 5,000 units have already been shipped and many more going out the door as we speak. We also reached an agreement with AstraZeneca for the large-scale manufacturing of their antibody treatment, which is excellent. We expect to issue emergency use authorizations for a number of additional treatments in the near future. Tremendous promise. But remember the 85 percent number. That's an incredible, incredible number. But we have some tremendously promising drugs online and ready to come out. We have ensured that our frontline workers have all the tools they need. My administration's invoked the Defense Production Act and related authorities over 100 times and have made a historic investment into our industrial base. All states that requested PPE from the federal government have received the PPE almost immediately upon request. Every American who needed a ventilator has had access to a ventilator. Think of that. Very complicated piece of equipment, very expensive. And we haven't had one person in this whole country that has requested or needed a ventilator that hasn't had it. Every single request has been immediately filled. So that was something that was a great job. And now we're helping the rest of the world with ventilators because it's a very hard thing. We're producing them thousands of thousands of ventilators a month. The federal government is 22,000 beds immediately available for states and jurisdictions that need additional capacity. But we think that it's going to start going down, possibly uh, very quickly. We'll see what happens. But with the vaccine, it'll, you'll see numbers uh, going down uh, within a matter of months, and it'll go down very rapidly. As we continue to combat the virus, our economy 
is rebounding far beyond any expectations. I see the stock market's up almost 400 points today again, and it's ready to break the all-time record. Our jobs records are incredible. The job numbers are incredible. In the last six months, we've created over 13 million jobs and slashed the unemployment rate by more than half. Last quarter, we witnessed the fastest economic growth ever recorded in the history of our country, 33.1 percent. It's a number that is more than double our highest. That was in 1952, and we've more than doubled it. The United States experienced the smallest economic contraction and the most rapid economic recovery of any major Western nation. We went down less, and we went up more, which is quite a combination of facts. While healthy Americans have gone back to work and to school, we continue to spare no expense to protect the elderly and the vulnerable. According to some estimates, a national lockdown costs $50 billion a day and hundreds of thousands of jobs every single day. Ideally, we won't go to a lockdown. I will not go. This administration will not be going to a lockdown. Hopefully, the the uh, whatever happens in the future, who knows which administration it will be. I guess time will tell. But uh, I can tell you this administration will not go to a lockdown. There won't be necessity. Lockdowns cost lives and they cost a lot of problems. The cure cannot be, you got to remember, cannot be worse than the problem itself. And I've said it many times. And uh, when you look at what happens during a lockdown, I just say it very loudly. It's horrible what happens with drugs, alcohol, depression, loss of jobs, business closures. It's a terrible thing. So uh, this administration will not go under any circumstances, will not go to a lockdown, but will be very vigilant, very careful. We understand the disease. It's a, it's a complicated disease, but we understand it very well. We ask all Americans to remain vigilant, especially as the weather gets colder and it becomes more difficult to go outside and to have outside gatherings. And uh, with that, I just want to ask uh, some very talented people to come up and say a few words. Uh, General Perna and Dr. Slawi have been incredible. Uh, the general is really getting started right now, but he's really what we don't know and what people don't know. He started putting this all together six months ago, and you're going to see some real action. So, General, maybe you'll start it off, and uh, then, Doctor, you'll go right after that. Thank you very much. And then we're going to finish it off with Mike Pence. Okay? Thank you. Please. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Mr. President. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, Operation Warp Speed's mission is to enable and accelerate the development of vaccines and therapeutic to help control the COVID-19 pandemic and save lives. On May 15th, almost six months ago to the day, we stated the goal of the operation, which was to have vaccines and therapeutics available and approved for use in the U.S. population by the end of the year 2020. We said then that while very challenging, the goal was credible and therefore was worth trying with the best, uh, our best to achieve it. Today, we're almost six months later, and I think we can say that significant progress has been made. And while we are not there yet, we are close to the uh, objective. Let me share with you some facts. If I look at the vaccine side, we've selected a portfolio of six vaccines, 
using three different platform technologies, and we elected to have two vaccines from each platform technology. First platform is what's called messenger RNA, and two vaccines using that platform were uh, in the portfolio, one by Pfizer and one by uh, Moderna. The second platform is using uh, what's called live viral vectors, and we had one vaccine from J&J, and one vaccine from AstraZeneca in partnership with Oxford University. And the third platform was the recombinant protein platform with one vaccine from a biotech company here in the US called Novavax and uh, another one from a partnership between Sanofi and GlaxoSmithKline. These vaccines are now, six vaccines are all in the clinical development stages and four of them are in phase three trials. And of the four that are in phase three trials, Two have effectively completed enrollment in the phase three trial, and one of the two has announced on Monday to, I think, uh, thrilling information that they had 90% efficacy, that was the Pfizer vaccine, demonstrating that vaccination is possible against COVID-19, that the kind of choices we have made in terms of the antigen selected uh, was uh, effective uh, and uh, made us optimistic that other vaccine uh, may also uh, be effective. On Wednesday, the same week, just this Wednesday, Moderna, the other company with the vaccine using similar platform technology, messenger RNA, announced that they have achieved the number of cases in their trial to allow for a first interim analysis. And I would expect that shortly, probably next week, we may hear what I hope to be another very good information regarding an efficacious vaccine. The two other vaccines that are in phase three trial that are using the live vector uh, uh, platform, the J&J &J vaccine and the AstraZeneca vaccine, ha have recruited already a few thousand subjects in their uh, trials. I would like to take this opportunity to invite as many Americans as possible who would like to volunteer to participate in these clinical trials, as that's the only way we are able to achieve a demonstration of the safety and the efficacy of these vaccines. The right, last so we two got vaccines. this uh, many as two uh, vaccines now with emergency use uh, authorization that's going to be uh, done in record time. President saying uh, that his administration uh, will not go to any lockdown. But imagine this. I mean, this really is a scientific, you know, wonderment. It is such a tribute to medical research, medical researchers and scientists and our medical community you know linda how many times when we did our timeline to answer the lying mob media was i quoted as saying i believe that our and our medical researchers scientists the best in the world will get us there they did 100%. it in record time it's miraculous and it we and we left miraculous. it up there for everyone to read and to see because the fake news media could not get beyond themselves to make this a human issue, not a political issue. Well, you know, look, what did Dr. Oz always say? He said it almost every time. He goes, when you have the intersection of medicine and politics, politics always wins. It's gross. And that has been the case throughout. It's gross. Just like he they would say, well, you know, you go to war with the, with the, you know, army you got, not the one you wish you had. And, and unfortunately, that's just the case. 
And it's, uh, you know, I know where you stand on this. I'm not even going to ask. I don't even want you to talk about this topic okay. at this point. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, my gosh. If people only knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, what does that mean? I think that our audience would probably agree with me on a lot of different aspects of my thoughts. Yeah, but I'm I'm the one that's like pro-choice. You know, I'm no, you know, make your own decision. I like, think you I'm need to uh, identify what you're pro-choice on. Uh, I, yeah, exactly. I'm pro- <laughs> I know I like, for example, I, I said the reason I wear chose early to wear the mask is because I don't want to. If I ever had this thing, I would never want to give it to a grandma or grandpa. Right. But you the know, World Health Organization maintains their stand that the mask that we are all wearing does nothing to prevent the transmission. No, of anything, I, listen, so. I know that. Listen, they got everything wrong. Everybody. You know, it's amazing how no, they actually got model, that right. Every, they everything that. They but never the thing changed is, on that. And then you're going to politicize now. Well, we're going to do our own research. We're not going to trust Donald Trump's word for it. I'm like, okay, we're going to talk with AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer. These are pharmaceutical companies. That I mean, it's like it's not Donald Trump. He wasn't a mad scientist in the basement bunker of the White House uh, manufacturing a vaccine. Right. And these companies, these companies are out of business forever if they if they get this wrong. But, you know, we all knew that they were ongoing because they never stopped the trial. And that means what was what happened in in stage two human trials. Okay, antibodies were created. Nobody died. And whatever side effects some people had were minimal. That's then that's what they got in three. The fact that it started in some cases late July, early August been going on the whole time the only reason they didn't stop it is because nobody died it was working and there were no major side effects we've been saying that forever coming up next our final news roundup and information overload hour all right news roundup information overload hour on the sean hannity show all right so one of the things i've been saying and highlighting oh we we will never have free and fair elections if we allow if we don't make institutional changes and i mean this Voter ID laws, uh, the, you know, this, oh, let's vote for 10 weeks out of the election. You don't even know what issues are going to pop up in the next 10 weeks. Uh, mail-in balloting. Let's just mail millions of ballots, whether people request it or not. Uh, we better come up with a better system if we ever want to have integrity and confidence in our election system. This is a beauty out of North Carolina, if you can believe it. There is a station there called WBTV, WBTV, and they actually show the husband, and I'm reading right from their website, uh, of a candidate for local office. This is in, I think it's called Anson County, uh, escorting voters to cast their ballots. Video captured by security cameras outside and inside the Anson County Board of uh, Elections building which serves as the county's lone early voting location for the 2020 election. And the footage comes to light after dozens of complaints were filed by uh, in the county, alleging that the guy is and others were approaching voters in the parking lot, offering to help them vote. Well, that's one way to help ensure, you know, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Anyway, I'm going to play the uh, WBTV report. Listen. Some breaking news right now you'll see only on WBTV. Video obtained only by WBTV shows the husband of a local candidate in Anson County repeatedly walking in with voters and voting with them as they cast their ballot. 
We've previously told you about dozens of complaints alleging this behavior, which could break state law. Now we know it was caught on video. Our chief investigative reporter, Nick Oxner, has been following this story for weeks now. So, Nick, why are these videos just now coming to light? Well, Maureen, I first asked for this video more than two weeks ago, and at the time, both the Anson County Board of Elections director and chairman told me the video doesn't exist, and both of them doubled down on that again today, saying there is no video, even after I told them I have it. Take a look at what the video shows for yourself. The man in plaid shirt is John Montgomery. His wife, Danny Montgomery, was the Democratic candidate for Register of Deeds. You see Montgomery walk in with the man, take his ballot, and fill it out while the voter stands back with his hands in his pockets. It's one of 10 videos obtained by WBTV showing Montgomery and an unidentified woman walking in with voters and filling their ballot or standing while they vote. Well, it's a heck of a mess. Josh Howard is a lawyer and former federal prosecutor who previously served as chairman of the North Carolina State Board of Elections. This didn't go well in Anson County. We told you previously about complaints filed alleging Montgomery and others were approaching voters in their cars out in the parking lot and walking in with them as they voted exactly like what you're seeing in this video. State law says non-family members can only assist voters if they have a specific list of disabilities. If you were still on the State Board of Elections, you would find what's on this video problematic. More than problematic. Uh, the State Board of Elections has no ability to prosecute people themselves, but they have resources to investigate uh, these kinds of things, and they can also just go ahead and call in either state or federal authorities. The County Board of Elections held a meeting on October 23rd to tell campaigns to stop escorting voters into the poll, but more complaints were filed after that. The State Board of Elections sent an investigator to the county to investigate and sent a press release clarifying the rules on assisting voters on the last day of early voting. That can be confusing if the person presents uh, an issue or a claim that is debatable. But here, what's going on is nothing even close to that. There were folks standing in the parking lot all day, every day, sort of pressing themselves upon uh, individuals that had no need for assistance. On Thursday, both the director and chairman of the Anson County Board of Elections declined to comment for this story, but continued to insist there was no video showing people voting. A spokesman for the State Board of Elections said he didn't know this video existed, but otherwise didn't respond to a request for comment. They should have been able to cure this, and uh, it's it's a complete failure at the county level, and, and also the state could have done more than it did here. Now, it's worth noting that Danny Montgomery is losing her race as it stands right now tonight by a little more than 500 votes. I emailed her twice, called her, did not get any response or comment for this story. For now, reporting in Charlotte, Nick Oxner, WBTV on your side. All right, joining us now is Congressman Dan Bishop. He's with North Carolina's 9th Congressional District. He's been talking about fraud in the district, been called a liar and a fraud. Oh, it turns out I, I would argue that this is pretty damning evidence that you got here. Congressman, your thoughts. Sean, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I was elected last year in a special election that happened because the regular election in 2018 involved some alleged voter fraud in, in another county. And so this stuff is not a figment of people's imagination. It happens. And to this point, you know, when these complaint I was presented with a bunch of complaints about 10 or more that had been filed in Anson County about 
these campaign partisans being allowed in the voting enclosure, joining voters in the booth to help them vote. And I couldn't believe it. Brushed up on the law, um, wrote a letter to the to all the officials who were responsible for stopping it last last October 27. They responded not at all. Sent a second letter. Uh, ended up in front of a judge in order to get video in the premises. You know of the. This, from stationary surveillance video turned over to me on election day. I got that, you know, had that uh, resolved. And then we've been getting the, the video down. And as you say, um, it, it's, it's hard on the radio uh, to get a full feel for this, but this is happening over and over and over. We've got uh, two, you know, two and a half weeks of early voting. We haven't even really gotten through much of the video and we've got dozens of cases in which the, these partisan Democrat partisans were allowed to go in and join voters in the booth. Um, you know, all, and as you say, mm-hmm. sorry, Sean. No, good. You go ahead. As as you say, uh, you know, we alerted media to this because we couldn't get any official response, and then uh, Democrats started covering up. They denied to WBTV Nick Oxner's story. They denied to him that the video existed, and uh, repeatedly. And, uh, and and then liberal press started sort of joining the cover-up. So state media wrote an article for PolitiFact calling me a liar for saying it had occurred. But they didn't know we had video. And um, so now it's coming So you out. had this in. You, uh, listen, I've done this occasionally myself. I let, them, I let them go out there after I tell them that it's false and I'm gonna, I can prove it's false. They, they say, well, you, you know, they, they write it anyway. And then I come out and I say, see? I mean, it's ridiculous how it is. What has been the reaction in your district where you are, and what is the likely remedy if you know if this video turns out to be true and all these people are are being told escorted into the voting area, and you know I would assume affidavits under the threat of perjury are going to be filled out by people. What happens then? Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to make one statement. This is not a close case. This is illegal. Statutes in North Carolina are 100 percent clear about this is being impermissible. And the video, by the way, if you've got listeners who'd like to see this amazing video, they can go to my website, votedanbishop.com, and they can see it there. And we're going to be putting out more as we go. We're going to pursue, you know, in, in the first instance, it's not my direct responsibility, but the people who are responsible, the local elections officials, the state board of the elections, appointed by the Democrat governor, the Democrat attorney general. Uh, None of these folks are answering or doing anything. So we're going to first expose it thoroughly. And then there's some things that we can do uh, to try to get some accountability and to stop this. But just like I said, uh, if if there was a case of this 24 months ago and it's occurred here, voters need to know that this is a reliable process. And this goes into the question of everything nationwide. We cannot let people begin to have their doubts overwhelm them about whether voting is fair. So this is just outrageous. We even see some things, Sean, in the parking lot on these videos where it appears to be suspicious exchanges between voters and the Democrat operatives after they've cast the ballot. We've got one case of a voter who has been allowed to go into the polling place twice, once accompanied by one of these operatives. So we're going to show it all. I can't wait to see the, you know, the video of this. I mean, it just cracks me up because you can't make this stuff up. You know, we had chronicled on this program even before the election. Uh, the Heritage Foundation did an analysis and 
We're talking about nearly a thousand convictions for voter fraud, a Pennsylvania judge taking bribes, stuffing ballots. I mean, uh, there's so many different stories. What do you think going forward, you know, chapter and verse, what do we need to do so that we can ensure integrity and confidence in the result? For example, I have I have every confidence that swing states like Florida and Ohio knew what they were doing. The vote has integrity. Nobody questioned the outcome. And, and then we're still counting ballots in some states. Sean, I think one, I got to tell you, I've, I've watched your show. I watched Tucker Carlson uh, and I've and I've been listening to the you know, the notion, and, and from many voters who contact me are so angry about what they perceive as, as real questionable election practices. And I think they're calling on people like me to do everything I can, whether it's directly my responsibility or not, to, to call this out and to bring it into the glaring light of day. And, and that's what I'm doing. I, I appreciate You know, I'd love to come on your show and show you this video as we continue to roll it out. I think people would be fascinated to see it. And that will force uh, the people who are responsible to to step up step up and do their job. Democrats in North Carolina control all of the elections machinery. They were notified about this. They were given multiple chances to intercede, and instead of acting, they quietly supported by doing nothing this illegal voting uh, action. And now they're acting to cover it up by local officials denying that there's even video footage that we already had in our possession. It's just unbelievable. I really can't believe that, you know, these stories exist and then everyone else. Oh, this is nothing. Uh, Anyway, I really appreciate it. Uh, Congressman Dan Bishop, North Carolina, thank you for being with us. Um, And and please share the videos you get with us. We'll throw them. We'll show them on TV. Let people decide for themselves. All right. As we continue, let's get to our phones. Uh, Chris is in North Carolina as well. Chris, hi. How are you? Glad you called on this Friday. Oh, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, first of all, I want to say something as a veteran. I don't think it's said enough. I want to thank you uh, personally for all your continued support uh, to the military and to the veterans. And we know we know who our supporters are. We know who our friends are. Thank you. Are. Uh, and, uh, honestly, thank you, you really need not thank me. You guys deserve the thanks. I'm I'm honored to be a donor to you know buildinghomesforheroes.org and. Um, other great organizations that I've I've helped. It's amazing. I, I don't think we do enough for veterans, although I think this president did more than anyone else. Uh, I, I totally agree, but we are all in this together. For, so thanks for doing your part. So I do appreciate that. Well, and that being said, I want to go on to the, the main reason I called, and that is I, I think the media is kind of, well, they're obviously active participants, but I think they're really trying uh, to push the uh, the agenda forward by with the polls, uh, I recently uh, uh, heard from a lot of people that they say the military is uh, really supportive of Biden and that they they don't support Trump very much. Now I can only speak for myself. I don't uh, claim to speak for any of the other soldiers or or the army or the military in general. But I know a lot of soldiers personally and a lot of veterans. And out of the hundreds they do know, only two supported Biden. And this makes me really concerned about the, the ballots, especially the overseas ballots, that when they come in, they, they use these polls to justify, you know, an overwhelming 
uh, leaning towards one side. And I, I think that's possibly part of their plan. And I do believe there was a lot of voter fraud. And I'm I'm concerned about the integrity of the, the votes well, from our me, service members. Let me say this. You know, this comes up every two and four years. You know, when do we count the military ballots? How do we get the military ballots mm-hmm. in? If anybody should have the right to vote early and, and have a system designed that they deserve to know that their vote is counted, it would be brave men and women, especially those serving abroad that can't vote or if they're in different parts of the country that can't vote from their home state. Um, mm-hmm. That, to I, me, I is agree. fundamental and, and basic. But uh, I'll give you a quick 10 seconds and I got to roll. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's ripe for exploitation. It's been a concern for years. And there, there should be, uh, I think, better steps, at least visibility on, you know, uh, how they're uh, carried, how they're moved over and when they're counted. Couldn't agree more. And, sir, thank you. This Veterans uh, Day week. Thank you for all you've done for your country and everybody who serves to give us our liberties and freedoms. Thank you. All right. 800-941-SEAN. Toll free telephone number. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Toll free. It is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So there is a state senator in the great state of Michigan. Uh, If you remember Kaylee McEnany revealing on Hannity earlier this week uh, that she had just in, in one Detroit County alone, 234 affidavits of people talking about what they saw that shouldn't be happening during elections. Again, under the threat of perjury. Anyway, uh, we have a state senator there and she sent a letter and Tom Barrett, another state senator uh, to the secretary of state of Michigan, urging her to conduct an official audit of the November 3rd general election because of hundreds of these sworn affidavits claiming numerous allegations of voter fraud irregularities throughout the state. Quote, every citizen deserves to have faith in the integrity of the election process and its outcome. Where have you heard that before? It's our responsibility as elected public servants to assure the people of Michigan of the processes, integrity through complete transparency, faithful investigation, of any allegations of wrongdoing, fraud, or abuse. And then they cited four main reasons for the need for the audit, uh, including the Dominion software issue that we had we had talked about. We reached out to Dominion on Hannity last night. They say it was a human error, but it's still used in 28 states. Uh, it was rejected twice uh, for valid reasons in the state of Texas just last year alone in 2019, when they had been presented this as a, a system to use, and we went into great detail of that last night. We know this professor of Princeton, you know, tenured professor, he kind of trashed it too, said, it, yeah, it's got a lot of problems, this particular one. Then it, it raises the question, why wouldn't we use the best system available? And if any system at any point, at any time, has any problems, uh, why would you even consider? By the way, the New York Times even trashed it. The AP even trashed it. I went into detail on this. Um, you remember, for example, what Laura Cox said, and uh, in, that happened in one county, and it was used in 40, I think, seven counties. Listen. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000-vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties 
use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots and these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. So when the AP, the New York Times, a tenured professor in 2018, and there had been congressional hearings on this uh, at Princeton, at the AG Secretary of State of Texas twice in one year, 2019, rejecting this particular software system and the, or this particular system of voting, Dominion, um, and once in 2013. And then you hear from Laura Cox. I'm not I look. All I said last night and the media mob took it out of context, as always, is. Well, why don't we have a Republican engineer and a Democratic engineer check it out and make sure everything went well? What's so hard about that? State Senator Lana Theis is with us. Tom Barrett is with us. Another state senator. Welcome both of you to the program. Uh, senator Theis, let's talk about your letter and tell us uh, what the response has been, if any. So what we wanted to make sure that we did with the letter is make sure that every citizen deserves, you know, that we know they deserve to have faith in their election. We know that right now that faith isn't there. And we wanted to make sure that we did an audit in order to be certain that the numbers that were being sent to our Secretary of State and certified by our Secretary of State were actually accurate. And you spoke to the um, the allegations that have been made. There are signed affidavits that people have put, um, you know, their their reputations on the line, saying that these these issues exist. And and you spoke to just one of them, the the Dominion software. And and you're right, Texas. Uh, not to use that software because they saw it as, as, as a potential hazard. But that's not just the only thing. I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of allegations. Uh, they're signed affidavits by people who are saying that this election was, was not held in a safe, fair, transparent, and accurate manner. And so my ask in this letter, and Tom signed on with me, uh, Senator Barrett, that, that this actually needs to be audited before we certify the election. Senator Barrett, your take. Yeah, thank you, Sean, and uh, thank you, uh, Senator Tice, for for your efforts uh, joining in this. Um, you know, this is really important because election integrity matters so much, Sean. I um, I sponsored a bill in the legislature two years ago to ensure that we would use paper ballots so that we would have more integrity in our elections. That was unanimously supported, signed into law, and this is another step in that direction. Uh, Vice President Biden, you know, affirmed in the first debate and pledged that he would wait until an independent certification of the election had taken place before declaring a victor in that in the election. And now he's going back on that promise, just like he has with fracking, the Green New Deal and everything else. So while I'm not yep. surprised, I am disappointed that he would break that. Uh, oh, by the way, he says on day one he's going to reenter the Paris uh, Climate Accords. Uh, that agreement then demands that we reduce our reliance uh, and cut back on use of fossil fuels. Uh, he didn't really mention that when he was lying to the people of Pennsylvania, but just I'm just saying. No, and, and you're right, Sean. And, and, you know, at that first debate, it's, it's very clear that he said he would wait for an independent certification of this election. And, and maybe to him that means, you know, MSNBC or something like that. But, you know, I think... We owe it to the people. I, I 
insist that we owe it to the people to have a fair overview of this election with the amount of eyewitness testimony that's out there attesting to these irregularities and concerns. We have to look into it. There is no other option. What is the remedy, Senator Thice, in all of this, you know, based on these affidavits beyond looking into it? So the Michigan Constitution actually specifically states that an, a, a registered elector, so any voter in Michigan, can call for this audit. We've got the legislature calling for it, and honestly, I've got, I've got at this point hundreds of people that are supporting this that are registered electors in Michigan calling for the audit. When it comes to a remedy, it really depends on where the fraud is found. So we know what the issues are, and we want them to shine the light on them, and then we're going to respond accordingly. Yeah, well, I applaud you for the effort. No response. Uh, By the way, are you guys headed towards another shutdown, Uh, Senator Barrett? You know, Sean, I I sure hope not. Uh, You know, uh, we, we in Michigan, we've won a few court cases. And uh, we have a great challenge against our governor right now, but I would not put anything past her. She's been extremely difficult to deal with and has shut the legislature out of every decision she's made. And it's, uh, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's not what our constitutional government is based on. Well, I hope you both, I hope you both will keep us in the loop of uh, any progress you make or what the response may end up being if the Secretary of State even bothers to respond, although I think by law she's supposed to. And we appreciate you looking to put faith, trust, confidence, integrity into the voting system. Uh, Some of these states, you can't do any worse than we've done. But uh, we appreciate you both being with us. Thank Thank you very much, Sean. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Don is in Iowa. Don, happy Friday. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. Sean, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm also a veteran, and I'd like to uh, echo the sentiments of my fellow veterans and thank you so much. Well, thank you for your great great. service and the risk you put out there for our liberties that we all, me included, often take for granted. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, the reason for my call was the uh, fact that we have people concerned that this thing is over. And and I want everybody to know that just because the clock is ticking does not mean it's against us. This clock is working for us right now. And I think that the more more time goes on, the more light is being shed on everything that's taken place. All right. Appreciate the call, Don. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. You know, there used to be a time Reagan's president, yeah, he wins California. That's now, you don't even think about it. There used to be a time when the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, yeah, they had Governor George Allen. Uh, There was a time when Pennsylvania was a lot more red and, and almost you know, a guarantee for a Republican to win. And, and that's why this running the table. And now if you have to put Texas and and Georgia and North Carolina in play, uh, I mean, it gets harder and harder. You know, you got to run the table if you're a Republican. One state was Colorado it used to be up in play, not in play anymore. Curtis is from Colorado. Hey, Curtis, how are you? Sean, how are you doing? Good, sir. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Thank you for taking my call. And it is a uh... It's a great honor to speak with you. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about and, and, and listening to your former callers and stuff, and as well, I am a veteran as well, but it comes into play with what I'm about to bring up. But um, I think that we need to hold the Republican Party responsible for part of this as well. And what I mean by that is the inaction and, and uh, not holding the Democrat Party accountable for their actions for the last four and a half plus years. 
Um, you go back to Hillary Clinton and, and her server uh, that was in her uh, kitchen closet, okay? During my military service, I held a top-secret security clearance. I know what's involved with that. I know what the repercussions are for mishandling that kind of information. How she was not held accountable, I can't fathom. And I'm sure there are, are thousands and millions of people out there who are looking at the same thing. We're all wondering, why is nobody being held accountable? We see... Um, Let me, uh, I'm going to give you the quick answer. The, the establishment Republicans never liked Donald Trump. They're never going to like him. They don't understand him. And they don't understand the real anger people have at them. And I would argue justifiably, and I'm not a Republican... Because, you know, how many how many show votes did we have on repeal or replace? They meant nothing when it mattered. You know, they 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 wanted to run and hide from Donald Trump every every chance they could. And what he was teaching them was how to fight and how to win. And, you know, I, I don't even, disagree with that. And and yet and he was also resetting what what is the Republican Party? You know, what do they stand for? OK, we now know we stand for America first. Energy independence, lower taxes, less bureaucracy, originalist justices. Um, you know, all of these things matter. Not no longer these long conflicts that were, you know, gone on for two decades. We have military technology that is so advanced that we don't need to do that. And he's taught all of us this and we just need to learn from it. But if they think that the establishment is going to, quote, reestablish, no pun intended, themselves they're they're mistaken. This you know the, the seventy two million votes were not for the Republican Party. They were for Donald Trump and his agenda. Get Donald Trump aside here, though. I mean, we're talking about laws that are being broken. Okay, the Republican Party is the uh, is the party of rule of law. And if you're not going to stand up for the rule of law, then what are the American people supposed to believe in? So. You, you can't, I mean, Donald Trump, as far, people may not like him, people may not like his tweets, people may not like how he approached things, but he is the only person that I know of, know of that's been in politician in my lifetime that has gone in, stated what he wanted to accomplish and what he was going to do within that party or within this country, and followed through. I hear too many I think that's politicians well, listen, That That has been the rarity, and yet people are so outraged over tweeting in style that they lost that everything that any conservative ever wanted over these many decades, me included, was getting accomplished. And establishment Republicans could never get it done, never would try this hard to get it done. Anyway, good call. I uh, appreciate it. Have fun out there in, in Colorado, Curtis. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Long weeks we're having. Anyway, we'll be back Monday. And the uh, the very latest, what's going on, counting legal votes, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and much, much more. Tonight, Kaylee McEnany, uh, Geraldo, Pete Hegg, Seth, Newt Gingrich, uh, Tammy Bruce, Joe Concha, Greg Jarrett, Jason Chavitz. 9 Eastern, please set your DVR. Hope you always join us. 9 Eastern, Fox News. Have a great weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday. Thanks for being with us.